0: through this passage as a Sunday morning series. I say loosely because uh, little by little we have pieced through this passage, and but it has not been week after week, and we'll hit another section of it here again this morning, Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 11. Let's all stand to our feet in honor of the Word of God, if you could please, this morning. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 11, we're going to read one simple verse in the Lord's prayer. The Bible says, Give us this day our daily bread. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please fill me with your Holy Spirit power. Guide and direct my thoughts and my speech. Lord, help me to say only what you would have me to say. I pray that you would do the work that only you can do. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. In this part of the Lord's Prayer is what we often hear as a plea of a poor man. Often when we come by this passage, we think this is something that we should be praying when we are poor and in need. But that is not how the Lord's Prayer is framed. What the Bible says is that this is something that all of us should be praying. Now, if this is something that all of us should be praying, amongst all of the other things that are mentioned, then the question is, is it only for us when we're poor, or is it for us to pray all of the time? The answer is that it is for us to pray, and for our heart to be such all of the time. Amen. So then the question arises, if we don't feel the need to pray this all of the time, then where is the discrepancy? Is the problem with the prayer or is the problem with the prayer? And the answer is clear. The problem is not with the prayer as in the subject matter, but within the prayer as in the person. You see, within this passage, something is revealed to us that in order for us To pray genuinely to the Lord, we're going to have to allow our heart to go to certain places so that when we pray these things, it comes from the genuineness of our hearts. And if we cannot say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread because we think we have no need from the Lord, then it proves to us that our heart is in the wrong place to be able to pray this genuinely. Are you with me? So... When the Lord says that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread, I think that often we miss the importance of the passage because we assume the wrong thing about the passage, that it is only for us when we have need, or at least for us when we see our great need. There are a couple of aspects to this passage as well. One, there is the person who is praying, and two, there is the God to whom we are praying. Amen. Now, we have dealt with our part of this equation, and I will say probably a little bit more about it as we get deeper into the truth. But I also want to talk about our Heavenly Father and His part in this equation. You see, I think because we live in such a profitable society, we rob ourselves of one of the greatest cares that God can express to His people. Often we think that because (laughs) we live in a society where we have our jobs and our cars and our homes and our clothes and our shoes and and maybe multiple pairs of shoes. Can I get a witness? Especially my ladies in the room this morning. (laughs) My wife, the other day, when we uh, moved into the Lindsay house, uh, it's a little bit smaller than the place that we lived before, and so finding places to put everything can be a challenge, so a lot of it is in storage. We tried to only put the necessities in the house, but... Uh, The other day, my wife and I were walking back from the Campbell Park over here, spending some time together. And so on our way back, we walked by an unexpected garage sale that I did not know existed. Fellas, if I had known the garage sale was there, we had taken a different route. But the Lord's will was clearly working in my wife's life, not in mine. And we walked right by a garage sale. And so... We stopped and looked at a few things. They were closing up shop for the night. And so my wife saw something that she wanted, a shoe rack that... uh, that that uh, I can't explain it really, but uh, on either end it is made out of wood, but in the middle it is made out of almost what you would see on those shelving systems where you can extend the the, the rack uh, as wide as you need it to to hang uh, your clothes on and install it into your shelf. It's something like that, and so uh, you can pull this 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 shoe rack out like this and extend it uh, for quite some way. I didn't know quite how far it would extend and. So uh, there were two of them that were identical, and we get them home. She puts one in the children's room, in the girls' room, if I remember correctly, and then she puts one in our room. I didn't think much of it. It sat there for a couple of days, and there wasn't really much on it, but then uh, a couple of days later, I come in, and I see all of these shoes on this rack. This thing was stretched so far, it nearly covered one side of the room. On this rack were, on the bottom shelf, all of her shoes. On the top shelf, all of her shoes. And there are two levels to this thing. I had three pairs of shoes. <laughs> Hallelujah. You made the rack. I made the rack, just barely, Brother Chris. We have an abundance of things in this life. And I thank God for those blessings. But because we do we often rob ourselves of one of the greatest kindnesses of the Lord. And that is His desire to bless and take care of His children. Now, I'm not saying that you ought to go out and quit your job and become poor and rely upon the provision of the Lord. But what I am saying is that we need to understand that we have a Heavenly Father (laughs) who cares greatly for our needs. And that unfortunately, because we often don't see that need, we miss how much He cares for His people. Were we to be poor this morning and be without, but to have, and some of you may be like that this morning, but to have a desire to seek Him first and His kingdom and His righteousness, the Bible says that if you are poor and without, that if you seek... (coughs) Him first, His kingdom, and His righteousness that you will never go without clothes, without shoes, without food, without water because God cares for His own. I think unfortunately also because we are so abundantly blessed in this country we have forgotten why it is that we are so blessed. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter number 29 both riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all and in thine hand is power and might and in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all now therefore our God we thank thee and praise thy glorious name because of his great provision for us listen to me it is within his power to give and to take And America is a greatly blessed nation, but we are blessed because of the blessings of the Lord. Now, I said that on Independence Day weekend. (coughs) Excuse me, you'll forgive my voice and my cough today. Last week I started losing my voice and preached throughout the majority of the week that way. Preached in a loud whisper most of the week because I did not give my voice time to repair Uh, And so today is the most I've had a voice, but it is weakening as the service progresses. And so please forgive me, Lord willing, by next week it will be back. But I want you to understand that we are so blessed here in this great country that I think we have forgotten how kind and how gracious and how loving our Heavenly Father is. And I want you to understand something this morning, that we do not control within ourselves the ability to get and to gain our own wealth. We are given those abilities and intelligences and strengths and all of the skills that we have acquired over the years have come because God gave us a strong enough mind to understand them and a strong enough body to work them. You understand that there are precious people that come to our church that could not hold down a job because God made them different and I mean in a precious way they're not able to understand things the way that we do and so they are not able to work the way that we do there are some here that used to be able to work but their body has quit working the way that it used to and so their job description has changed but the reality is that God is the one that gives us the ability to gain and to get wealth he reminded the children of Israel of that when he gave them the promised land he said when you get there and you acquire lands and houses and blessings that you did not work for you're going to be tempted to forget where it is that all of those things came from. Now listen, he told his people that here's what's going to happen. You're going to start thinking it is by my strength that I have gained these things. He said, but it is I who gives thee the ability to gain and to get wealth. It's important for us to remember that God loves to provide for his people and that our provisions do come from Him. We've talked about our part of this equation and we've talked about our Heavenly Father. I want you to realize how much He cares for you and that if you'll be faithful to Him and seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness that He'll make sure that you're always taken care of. That's the care and the love of your Heavenly Father. (laughs) Now then, there are some other thoughts that come out of this passage. I want you to notice that the request that we make is related to a short time frame. Notice he says, give us this day our daily bread. In Luke chapter number 11, when this prayer is repeated in the Gospel of Luke, he says, give us day by day our daily bread. Is everybody with me? Now listen, we need to live every day in full commitment to the Lord and with a full understanding that we are living short time frames in this earth. He says, take no thought for the morrow. The morrow shall take thought of itself. Look at verse number 34 of the same passage, would you please? Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What is the Lord saying to us? He says, look, today is the day that I will provide for you and today is the day that you need to focus on because, listen to me, every day we need to do everything within our power to serve God and give Him all of our focus, to give Him all of our heart, to give Him all of our attention, to give Him all of our service. And if we will do so, then He will provide for our needs. It's a daily thought Listen, there isn't a day that goes by that your Heavenly Father isn't paying attention to you. Amen. Amen. There isn't a day that goes by that God doesn't see your needs. There isn't a day that goes by that God just forgot that you existed. Right. I hate to admit this, this morning, I've been praying for Stephanie throughout the week, a little Stephanie that comes on uh, on one of our buses and and uh, she still to this day I love Stephanie I don't I, I, we've talked about this a couple of times I'm not sure why it is but she always calls me Joseph and she'll walk by and grin real big and she'll say hi Joseph and I'll say hi Stephanie it's good to see you I've just, I, I've stopped trying it is what it is at this point uh, but 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 Stephanie is is uh, under the weather and and uh, maybe dealing with COVID I guess and. And so we need to be in prayer for her. I've been thinking about her this week. My wife and I have talked about her. We've prayed for her. Uh, but this morning, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Bernice came to me and said, we need to remember that, uh, that Stephanie is sick because we were going over some prayer requests in Sunday school and, and didn't pray for Stephanie. I said, you know what? You're right. I am sorry. I said, I have not forgotten about her. I've been praying for her throughout the week. And I remember that she is. But this morning, I just forgot. You know what? God never does. Every day you are on His mind and He wants you to come to Him every day and be reminded that you are important to Him him today. That if you had needs yesterday and they're still there today, you're still important to Him today. And He wants to hear from you every single day of your life. This is a short time frame because first of all he wants to remind us that we need to live every day to the best of our ability and not worry so much about what we will or won't have tomorrow, but also, listen to me, he wants to remind us that he's paying attention to us every day of our life. Did you know that you cannot rise up out of your seat without the Lord taking notice? Did you know that you cannot lay down, the Bible says, without the Lord taking notice? Do you know that you, care, you matter so much to the Lord that He has the numbers of your hairs, uh, excuse me, uh, your hairs numbered on your head? Do you know that you, you matter so much to the Lord and He takes such notice of you that there's not a single day that goes by that He doesn't care? The, t- the child of God is noticed daily by His Lord. And God wants you to be taken care of every single day. Another thought here. The child of God should live in constant reliance upon Him. Now listen. We go back to where I began with the introduction of this message. (laughs) When the Lord tells us to give us this day our daily bread. Listen. It's not meant only for those that are in need or think they are in need. But it is meant for us as God's people to remember every single day of our life how much we do need Him. That there should not be a day that goes by that we don't have such great need of God that we fall upon our face and say, Lord, give me today the things that I need. It doesn't matter what you do for the Lord or what you don't do for the Lord. It doesn't matter what your job description is, what your career is, how educated in it you are, or how long you've been doing it. Every single day of our life, the Lord wants us to see our need for Him. Listen, Christian, you can live without God, but... You cannot make it in this life through all of the trials and hardship without a relationship with the Lord. Sure, you can muddle through. You can fight through. But I don't know how in the world people live without the Lord. We need Him every day. But the problem is we often think that the only time we need Him is when we're going through hardship. And that is not the case. Listen to me this morning. The Christian who comes to a place where they see their great need for God is in the best place in your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, turn your Bibles there, would you please, very quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. And let's look at verse number 7. The Lord is speaking to the the church of Corinth. He's saying, who makes thee to differ from another? Who made you better than anybody else? And what hast thou that thou didst not what? That thou didst not receive. (laughs) I've used this illustration before. But a few years ago, I was sitting down at dinner with my wife. She and I went out on a date together. And we had gotten out of debt and things had started to come to fruition for all the work that had been put, putting in that had been put into getting out of that. And, and I'm not preaching at you if you're in debt. I'm just saying we had worked towards that and started to save a little bit of money, not a whole lot. and we sat down for dinner that evening and I was starting to feel uh, good about what we had accomplished and I remember sitting there with my wife and saying, boy, it sure is a blessing to have a little bit of money in the bank and I think I'm starting to finally get all this financial stuff figured out. And when I did, the Lord smote my heart and said, you think you do, huh? You think you're the one that provided all of this. Think it was your own intelligence and your own understanding. All right, mister, we'll see how that goes. I tried to repent then and there. I said, honey, I didn't mean it. I know what I just said. I didn't mean it. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I said it right out loud, right right in the middle of that restaurant. Lord, please forgive me. I know what I just said. It was wrong. He did not seem to care. (laughs) Within months, every investment that we had put in was gone. And Lord reminded me, what do you have that you did not receive? Well, I'm the one that put that investment in. I'm the one that got that education. I'm the one. No, the Lord gave you the mind to do it. And He blessed you enough to be able to get something from it. He can also close your business down in a heartbeat. He can take your ability to work away from you in a heartbeat. It's important for us to understand before it comes to that point that we need Him every day. New trust every day new dependence every day. When we live in great abundance, we lose our need for God and we can spend days not realizing how great our need is. The same is true of God's spiritual provisions. In John chapter number 3, the Bible says that John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. In Romans chapter number 12, verse number 5, the Bible says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. In other words, God said in the book of Romans that even if you have a spiritual gift, Well, I can preach. No, God gave you the gift to preach. Well, I can sing. No, God gave you the ability to sing. Well, I can—I really give good testimonies. No, God gave you the ability to give that testimony. Well, I can teach in Sunday school. No, God gave you the ability to be a Sunday school teacher. Well, I'm a deacon. The church appointed me to that. No, God gave you the ability to be a deacon. Well, you know, all of these years I've been a good soul winner and I've led a whole bunch of people to Christ. No, it is God that saved those people and it is God that gave you the gift to be able to talk to people and lead them to Christ. There aren't even any spiritual gifts that we have that we have not received. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, Paul said, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He gives the gift of preaching to some people, and those individuals have a gift given by The Lord, doesn't matter if it's Paul or Apollos or Cephas, doesn't matter who it is, it is the Lord that gives that ability. In 1 Peter chapter number 4, the Bible says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What I'm saying is that whether it's a physical gift or a spiritual gift, it all comes from the Lord. What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? As if it had not been a gift that was given to you from the Lord. There is need for us to trust in Him and have a need for and reliance upon Him every day. Hey, listen to me. If God has called you to preach, you better understand that you can have the perfect outline, you can have all of the the, the perfect illustrations, you can have all of the tear-jerking stories, you can have all of the jokes, you can be a great orator, you can have the gift of speech, but when it comes down to it, if you have not the power of God, listen to me, it would be better for you as a preacher to stand up and read one verse of Scripture with the power of God anointing that message than to stand up with a perfect outline thinking you are the one that has the power God can do nothing with a vessel that is so full of itself he cannot fill it with his power a Christian I will say again is never in a better place than when we realize our need for God and realize our helplessness without him hey dad you can go to work without the power of God but you shouldn't hey mom you can go to work you can lead your children you can take care of the home without the power of God but you shouldn't a society of abundance can easily lose our understanding of God's provision and our need for him every day without it we discount his grace and love toward his people It's God's desire to bless us. It's God's desire to provide for us. It's God's desire to take care of us. But often (laughs) we live without seeing our need. I want to go to one more point and I'll be done this morning. After the Lord told us to pray this prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 11, go back to that passage, would you please? where he says we are to pray every day, give us this day our daily bread. You know what? I've got two more points. I need to hurry. I was going to skip all of my notes and just go to the last one, but I've got one more point. When the Lord says, give us this day our daily bread, I mentioned this about spiritual gifts that those things are given from the Lord, but I want, I want to re- remind you of something here this morning as well. We should, every day, see our need for Him to fulfill us with the spiritual bread of life. We talk about our physical needs. Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and we're thinking about our physical needs. But the reality is, every day of the Christian's life, we should be asking, Lord, please meet my needs physically and meet my needs spiritually. Lord, give me the physical bread, and Lord, please give me the bread of life. Hey, Christian, listen. This book has to be. The food that you eat every day just as much as your physical food. And the food that you need every day just as much as your physical food. If you get to the point where you don't think (coughs) you need the Word of God as much as you need the physical provision of the Lord, then you come to a very weak place in your spiritual life. Please get up every day this week understanding your great spiritual needs as much as your great physical needs. Don't pass over the great need that your spirit has. If all we do is go about our life feeding ourselves physically and feeding ourselves carnally, then eventually what will become stronger within us is our flesh. And the stronger our flesh is, the more we struggle with our spirit, the more we struggle with our temptations, the more we struggle with the things that we should not fight with in this life. Hey, young people, you went to camp this week and God spoke to your heart about a great number of things. You know the best thing that you can do to continue to keep those decisions And see the Lord's strength in your life is to see now your continued need for a walk with Him. You need to get up every day and say, Lord, give me today the spiritual food that I need. We need to get into that book and let it teach us how to be better fathers, how to teach us how to be better husbands. Teach us how to be better Christians. We need to get into that book every day and let Him convict us of our sin. Let Him draw us and compel us to the things that we should be doing. Every day we need to see our spiritual need for the things of God. Lastly, I want you to look, if you would please, Oh, I, I, man, I wanted, to re- I wanted to read just about this whole chapter, but I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. So we finish the Lord's Prayer, and then we get to verse number 19. Would you look at it with me? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, He starts talking to us about our treasure, money, wealth. And then people take verse number 22 and say, well, the next verse is something that is totally disconnected from what was just said. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness." If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now I admit, I have preached this passage as if it is a reference to all sin in our lives. But I want you to look now at verse number 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? Mammon is money. Financial increase. Look at verse number 25. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall what? Eat or what ye shall what? Drink nor yet for your body what ye shall what? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? And now he goes back on to his provision for our lives and the financial well-being of his people. It's not that he just took a break in verses number 22 and 23 from the subject of financial well-being. The truth is that in the midst of it all, he started talking to us about the love of money, which is the root of all evil. And he said, look, here's what's going to happen to you. If you don't see your great need for the Lord, and if you don't rely upon me and make me first in your life, and instead, you begin to focus on, with your eyes, the financial blessings of this life. Here's what's going to happen. If, if your eye is focused only on the light of Jesus Christ, then everything in you will be light. But if your eye is focused, listen to this preacher, only on the things of the possessions of this world, then it will turn to evil. So that's out of context. Read it for yourself, study it later. It's not. This whole thing from verse number 19 all the way down through the end of the chapter is all about God's provision. He's saying if your eye becomes single on the subject of money, that what will end up happening is your whole body will be evil. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil, but the love of it is is. It's the root of all evil. And if you let your eye become single towards money and it's all you care about and you show up to church whenever you feel like it, but you're not being faithful to the Lord in your daily life and you don't see your need for God and you have started to focus more on money and wealth and houses and cars and hobbies and vacations and all of that kind of stuff, what will end up happening is everything in your life is going to start turning into the evil that the world supplies through all of that stuff. And brother, have I seen it happen time and time and time and time and time again. You know, the devil doesn't have to get you out of the Lord's will all at once. He just has to get you focusing on the wrong thing. I want to say this. You may profit without the Lord, but you become the servant of a different master. I'm going to say that again. You may become profitable without the Lord, but you will become the servant of a different master. You cannot serve God and mammon. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You start letting your life get focused on money and here's what's going to happen. You're going to start hating the things of God. Amen. And it is a great warning. You're going to start despising going to church because you could make another buck if you work the weekend. You're going to start despising your Bible and prayer time and the spiritual things because you're going to get so filled up with worldly things and financial things and all of the blessings that you get from all of the things that you're working for and earning that you won't see your need for God anymore. You won't desire Him like you used to. Listen, can I say this this morning? God is not against you having money. He's not. Do you understand that some of the godliest men in the Bible were also some of the richest? Where did Moses come from? From great wealth out of Egypt. He was Pharaoh's son, wasn't he? But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that, hey, listen to this preacher. The Lord put it on my heart, I'm going to say it. That he chose rather... To follow and suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. What is he talking about? That he gave up the wealth of Egypt. Go read it. I'm not making it up, it's not out of context. Go read it. Abraham greatly blessed of God, so much so that he and his cousin, his his, uh, nephew could not dwell in the same land together because of the increase of all of their cattle and flocks. Hello? Hello? Abraham was a man that God used greatly and a man that walked with God greatly and he was one of the wealthiest men in the earth. David was a man after God's own heart, and he was a king that had every bit of wealth at his disposal that he wanted. Yeah. Job was the wealthiest man in the earth in his day. And when God took it all from him, and he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. At the end of that book, <laughs> he blessed him twice as much as he ever had been, and he was even, that means, twice as wealthy as anybody in the earth in his day. God is not against his people having money. I'm not preaching against money. What I'm saying is, if your focus becomes money, it will only tend to evil. You may have a big bank account, but have spiritually bankrupt children because you made yourself a servant to the wrong master. You may have cars and boats but lose your marriage. You may enjoy money for a while but by making it your master you'll become a servant to all the things that it brings and you'll sacrifice the spiritual things that you would have gained. I have relatives and friends, listen to me this morning who got their wealth but lost their family. And I'm not saying that they're not together anymore and that they're divorced, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that I'm grieved as I see a family member of mine that grew up in church and supposedly got saved and loved the Lord and now, hey, hey, listen to this preacher, I have no clue if their children are saved. That's where it leads. To the evil of hell for your children because you led them to serve another master. I've got their names written on my notes here and that means that because you, do, you, you chose to serve a different master that now not only have you lost your children maybe your grandchildren as well right. and while they've enjoyed all the profit and wealth of this world deceitfulness of riches has choked out the word of God in their life and they cannot hear the power of the word of God because they're deceived by riches In 1 Timothy chapter number 6, the Bible says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You can be rich in this world and still be right with God. Yes, you can. John Rockefeller, the oil tycoon from yesteryear, was an old, he grew up in an old Baptist home. And though he was a shrewd businessman, he gave millions to his church and to the Lord. And he said, I would have never been able to give my first million to God if I had not learned when I was a boy to give my first dollar. You don't have to be rich or spiritual, it's not an either or equation. But you do have to belong totally and completely to the Lord. And if he wants to bless you with wealth, great. If he doesn't, I'm just as fine with that too. That's the spirit we should have, that God is the most important thing in my life, and I will put him first and keep him first, and I will not let my eye become focused on that which I cannot keep. Because if I do, the chances of my whole body becoming evil are great. In Proverbs chapter number 30 I'm done. I am. I really am. The Bible says remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. The Lord loves his people you're never going to go wrong by relying upon Him. And if that means you don't get a certain position at work because you decided a long time ago to put God first, so be it. The spiritual blessings that come with your spiritual stand will be greater than anything you would have gained and eventually lost. I'd rather have a family grandchildren if the Lord tarries is coming and great-grandchildren if the Lord allows that are saved and on their way to heaven than a family who 10 years from now spends their Sundays on the water and my children start getting married and having their little ones and I have to watch the grief of grandchildren going to hell Mom and dad used to go to church, but they let their job get in the way, and now their grandchildren are paying for it. You know, it's harder, I believe, to pull back sometimes a young person that's a couple generations removed from a Baptist home than it is a lost person who's never had that in their life. You know why? Because they've got the history of a mom and dad who used to be there and gave it up. And they think, well, if mom and dad gave it up, why do I need it? If grandma and grandpa gave it up, why do I need it? Huh? It's hard to pull back a generation from that. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. You can trust Him. Seek Him first in His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You'll be taken care of. Your job will be fine if you put God first. Well, I might lose that job. All right, he'll provide another one. That's the way he works. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help us to come to the right place in our hearts and minds concerning your provision for your people. (laughs) Help us to trust. and believe that if we put you first in our lives that you'll provide for every need. Help us to believe that it'll be better for us with our career, with our family. It'll be better for us in eternity. It'll be better for us personally if we make sure not to focus On one thing other than you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody.